Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. This is Pastor Jeremy, and today we continue the story of the life of Abraham. Genesis chapter 21, starting in verse 1. The Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age. At the time of which God had spoken to him, Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son whom Sarah bore to him. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born. Now Sarah said, God has brought me laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, Who would ever have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Today's story is a story of God's faithfulness. We are always either waiting for promises of God or enjoying promises of God. Honestly, we're probably always doing both, enjoying some promises and waiting on others. God is faithful to his promises. He does not lie nor make mistakes, and he is more than capable of fulfilling any promise. As we read this text, do not forget that decades have passed since the original promise of descendants was made to Abraham and Sarah. There has been many difficult and painful days in between, many days where they feared that they had misunderstood, that God had forgotten them. But God is faithful. He keeps his promises. His words are all true. He brings life out of death. Everyone thought Sarah's womb was barren. She was unable to have children, and in this day, this was seen as a great disgrace on a woman. Often it was attributed to sin or weakness, and we have already seen Sarah looked down upon with contempt because of her infertility. However, when it looked impossible, God gave Sarah a child. God is the author and sustainer of life. Only he gives life. The name Isaac means one who laughs or who rejoices. Sarah and Abraham are filled with joy, and at the same time, there was pain in the lives of others. Remember, Abraham had another son. Years earlier, in an attempt to feel God's promise in their own way, Abraham and Sarah sinned in faithlessness by taking Sarah's servant Hagar as a wife, and she conceived the child Ishmael. We pick up the story in verse 8. The child Isaac grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, playing with her son Isaac. So she said to him, cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed because of the boy and because of the slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you. For it is through Isaac that the offspring shall be named for you. As for the son of the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar and put it on her shoulders along with the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about the wilderness of Beersheba. When describing the story, Galatians chapter 4 says that Ishmael was persecuting Isaac. 
It was well known among the family that Isaac was the legitimate child of Abraham in the ch- and is the child of promise, the one whose descendants w- would hold the promises made to Abraham. They would claim the promised land and the Messiah would come from their children. The situation was deteriorating quickly between Sarah and her son Isaac because against Hagar and her son Ishmael. The consequences of sin are real. We see that here. They should all just get along, right? They should. However, they don't. One lesson we need to learn is that life is not clean. It doesn't fit into nice little boxes that we can understand. It's not a movie script that ties up nicely and all makes sense. When we expect that, then we lack grace and we misunderstand God's work in the world. But God is patient and he is gracious. Sending Hagar out seems cruel. Blessing Abraham and Sarah seems wrong when you read all the stories the Bible has about them. We're not perfect, none of us. We are corrupted by sin and so is all of creation. We do things that don't make sense and things that don't work like they should in this world. Do not create criteria of perfection that must be met before you can associate with or love people because that will always leave you fighting and separating and, 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 and drawing a tighter and tighter box that separates out more and more people, upset with the way everything is. Follow God's example and be patient with people and with life. Have grace on people, understanding that they are human, just like you, and that God is working in them and he's not done yet. Love them and point them to Jesus because he is the only thing that brings life out of death. He is the only thing that changes the nature of a man and can save us, restore us, and heal us. Let us pick up the story with Hagar and Ishmael in verse 15. When the water in the skin was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bow shop, for she said, Do not let me look upon the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and she wept. And God heard the voice of the boy. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid. For God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy, and he grew up, and he lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. Abraham and Sarah waited decades for the promise of God. Hagar and Ishmael are abandoned to the wilderness. She lays her baby in the sand and walks away so as to not have to witness his death. Do you feel abandoned, forgotten, cursed by God? Have you ever wondered if he cares at all? I suspect these people did as well. Like exercise, it's in the discomfort that we grow and get stronger. God uses these times to work great things in us. Adversity is the best soil for strengthening as a person. Our faith is strengthening when it's tested, stretched, questioned. During those times, I couldn't see it, but now 
being able to look back on those times in my life when I felt forgotten, confused, afflicted, those are the times when God grew me the most and showed me the most about who He is and who I am. Now, when I come up to struggles, I remember those times and I recall how He was faithful in the end and I am encouraged. God speaks this truth in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. Listen, consider it all joy. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance complete its work so that you may be complete and whole, lacking in nothing. God spoke his promise at least three times to Abraham. Years before this episode, Hagar ran from Sarah, but God sent her back to them, promising that he would see them free and bless the child. God keeps all promises. Faith is trusting God, believing His words, waiting for His timing, and giving thanks for His provision. In Christianity Today, Susan Wondering writes, When I was a swimming instructor, I spent a lot of time trying to get little kids to float. I would tell them to put their ears in the water and their belly button out of it, and I'd say, When I count to two, you won't feel my hands underneath you, but they're there. As soon as I'd say two, most of the children would frantically jerk their knees towards their chin and flail their arms, dropping their full weight into my hands. Almost all people float when they assume a posture of rest. But people who think they'll sink don't keep that posture for long. Faith is about a posture of rest, too. Many of us are terrified by the life of faith, needing always to feel the support of steady jobs and steady relationships and backup plans. God, knowing that, signed us up for swim lessons. And that's where we find ourselves often. God intends to make a swimmer of us. And he was teaching us to rely on him through what seemed like disaster. Abraham's story is driven by promises, the promises of God. At times, he trusts what God said, and at other times, Abraham fails miserably. But the whole time, God is faithful. His hand's just under the water. This is our story, too. God has spoken promises to you. You are a part of the covenant of Jesus Christ. Today, I want us to remember the promises that he's made to us. Trust his words. Wait for his timing. And give thanks for the fulfillment of those promises. Here's a few of the promises that we find in the New Testament. Romans 8, 28. For in all things, God works to the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, this is one of my favorites. God works to all situations. Everything you go through in the, is to your good in the end. That's a promise that we need to repeat to ourselves regularly, even when things are bad. God is using those events to better you. He uses them to build you, and at their final culmination, it will be to your good outcome. How about this? James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. God promises to give us wisdom and leadership when we ask for it. 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God promises to forgive you and heal you and to give you a new life, not defined by your sin. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 
God promises to give you eternal life through Jesus. Matthew 7, 7, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. God promises that when you seek him or come to him, that he will meet you, save you, help you. This is a promise to be available to you. John 15, 5, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. God promises to use you to do good, to make a difference in people's lives and to accomplish his purposes. Romans 8, 38 through 39, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor depth, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God promises you that nothing will ever happen at absolutely no circumstance or situation will God abandon you or leave you or be separated from you. He will always be with you. These are just a few of the promises that God has spoken to us. Memorize them. Read the New Testament, and when Jesus makes a promise to you, write it down and memorize it. Now, Scripture memorization is a vital spiritual discipline. It doesn't have to be some academic feeling thing like you're studying for a test. Instead, just read them repeatedly, regularly, and you'll memorize them naturally. God will be faithful to the promises that he's spoken to you. You may feel like Abraham and Sarah waiting and waiting, or you may identify more with Hagar, abandoned and mistreated. In both cases, God is near to them, proves his promises true, and provides. So today, rest in God's promises. Know that he is faithful and enjoy his presence. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. We've got Vacation Bible School coming up this week, so I want you to go to www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. That's our website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. Click on the VBS 2023 tab, and you can register your children uh, for VBS. It's this week, Tuesday through Friday. That's the t- June 20th through the 23rd, uh, and you can register them right there on our website. Uh, we would love to see you any Sunday morning, 10.50 a.m. Come and see us. Have a great week. Love God. Love others. And tell somebody about Jesus.